welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Here is another paragraph in the big book on this chapter. That was actually the prayer, and that's on page 76. Let everybody sit down. After we sit, I suggest that we could all follow along and say this prayer together. Sir, is everybody here? Somebody at the door just minute ago. Okay. Well, let's go. Yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's say let's say a seven-step prayer together, and then we'll move on and discuss for a bit. My Creator, now will you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove me every single defect of character stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out of here to your body. So that's that's uh, the extended seventh prayer in the big book. Um, Robert's going to read some out of the uh, twelve and twelve, and then we're going to have some time of discussion. Um, and and just to elaborate more on what I was saying. My own practice here are these two steps. Um, every let's see, every morning I go. It's like my abbreviated version of Adam's working of the twelve steps. Obviously, can't do a four step and fifth step written inventory and all that. But every morning I go through. Um, you know, say the first step, second step myself. I have some second step affirmations uh, that I that I do. I uh, say the third step. Um, uh, and then I just kind of say to myself some of the defects of character maybe that I'm dealing with at the time being or what have you and then we'll um, say the seventh step prayer Uh, if there's any part of me here as we say if I still am clinging to something that I will not let go I ask God to help me to be willing Um, and then I'll say the seventh step prayer and then I'll go through and think of the rest of the steps and say any Prayers that I see fit to say with them, but um, so I do that all you know every morning in my prayer time. But then throughout the day, as I said, one way I can put put this into practice is is, is the deal that I said of you know the non-identifying with the negative emotion uh, and and separating myself from the negative emotion and and the way I get freedom from that is identifying it, saying that is what is known as whatever fill in the blank. Then just abbreviated version of the seventh step prayer, 
um, God, please remove that from me. And and then I, I start to, to go into my prayer. And um, you know, if I acted badly in some way that, uh, that requires an apology, then follow it up with a couple steps after and make the necessary apology. But um, uh, that, in a matter of uh, five seconds, I can do a real quick working of, of these two steps in that in that manner. Um, and uh, got the the gift of freedom that, that I've gotten as a result of really of really doing that every day is is phenomenal. It's just wonderful, and um, and it just proves to me again and again that it, that program is it's always asking more and more of me, and for me to continue to surrender every day and and. Um, when necessary, in the moment, try to be in the moment as much as possible and surrender moment by moment. moment. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, something that I can do in a convenience store line. I can, I can do it right here during a conference, during meetings, or what have you. And um, it's, it's always at my disposal to use. It's just... A matter of whether I'm willing to to take the necessary action um, to conform my will to to that of God to the best of my ability, um, and I I have uh, anybody's interested. Um, anytime I'm working with a guy right now in Boston, and, and uh, I'm taking through the steps. Strictly from the big book, and we were discussing this yesterday, um, I have some other literature that has helped me along my way that I won't talk about here, but, but that has been appropriate for me and um, has helped me immensely. Uh, that, that comes from my, uh, Matt, his father-in-law that I was talking about earlier. And um, some really wonderful stuff uh, that's not... AA approved, but he was in he was in the program, and, and so um, some really helpful stuff on on some different approaches, if you will, but still the same path of the program and the steps, but um, some other little tools of recovery, if you will, that have helped me a lot, and um, be happy to share any of that with you guys on a one-to-one basis in our free time, just to mention that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the deal for me with the with the six and seven step, and uh, look forward to any discussion that we have afterwards. Thank you, Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to open this up for some uh, group participation here shortly. Uh, step seven: humbly ask them to remove our shortcomings. Uh, I think I don't think that's the problem. Uh, <laughs> when I got here, I thought that being humble was I equated that with humiliation, and I was certainly familiar with humiliation. Uh, repeatedly, I was humbled uh, throughout my life, and 
because I've been acting inappropriately and refused to take direction. And in working through these steps, I learned what a tremendous gift humility is. But I didn't understand what it was. And <clears throat> my sponsor sat me down and you know we read through this and, uh, and on page 70 I'm guessing 72 it's going to in the uh, uh, paragraph that says this lack of anchorage the last sentence there says the basic ingredient of all humility a desire to seek and do God's will was missing I love that definition the basic ingredient of all humility a desire to seek and do God's will was missing now my problem is I you know I don't know what God's will is what is God's will and uh, God has you know no mouth but ours you know if I'm hearing God's voice <laughs> I'm in trouble <laughs> uh, but what I have is you people other people on earth and I, and I hear God you know speak through other people all the time if I hear the voice of God it's coming through another human being uh, humility Buck sat me down and uh, he said now in the rooms you can almost take the word teachability and substitute it for humility teachability because if I'm teachable I don't know it all good point and, uh, and that's the point I don't know it all and he said now I want you to imagine Robert is a little kid before there were any troubles you know before there you know when you're innocent and you might be outside playing on a nice day like today with the uh, sun on your face and having a good time and I want you to imagine how different your life would be had you had parents that were more spiritual and had gotten you in touch with a good God uh, that you cooperated with early and you were blessing to others and in turn were blessed and you went to school and you did well in school and you were liked by other kids and your uh, other people liked being with you and you were helpful and you completed your education and did well and went on and, and, uh, and got a job and prospered and were promoted and went to church regularly and and did all the things where you know you lived your life where you know you were really in tune with the spirit of the universe and you know and God blessed you with you know meeting the right people and uh, getting the right things and you were respected in your family at work people would seek out your counsel and uh, you just were somebody that you wanted to have around and he said now I want you to imagine that person you know the, the person that your life could have been the person that you could have been 
had you cooperated with God and lived your life as it was supposed to and God you know, led you and blessed you in that way. And I want you to compare the person sitting on my sofa and the difference in those two people is humility. Because like, on the one hand, I turned my back on God a long time ago. I mean, on puberty, I think. Yeah, because they told me that the thoughts that I was thinking were wrong. <laughs> and I liked those thoughts. And I knew that I was never going to be at a point in my life where I didn't like that thought. And it was like, you know, I'm doomed. And I figured that, you know, God had a clipboard. And <laughs> uh, so it was really a blessing to come back into or to come into a fellowship where. I can make a connection to see where I can live my life different. You know, I can be led. And, uh, and that's what humility means for me, is a desire to see God's will. Why? Because it, my experience now is when I do that, my life gets better. I mean, I'm still self-centered. Uh, you know, in... Uh, and step five, I went through and, uh, and did all things with loneliness and tortured and alone and everything. If you do that with satisfactions in this one, it's just like a rash. Uh, and we talked about satisfactions. And, you know, it's fleeting. Uh, but we lived our life trying to get those satisfactions met. And uh, it's still nice to be satisfied, but it's not the end all in life. Uh, and now we come to the benefits of humility. You know, uh, it's a. It says to get. And I'm just going to go through these quickly. To get completely away from the aversion of the idea of being humble, to gain a vision of humility as the avenue of true freedom of the human spirit. And that should be on page 73, I think, if you're following along. Uh, okay, so humility gets me true freedom of the human spirit. To be willing to work for humility is something to be desired for self. It takes most of us a long, long time. And uh, Next paragraph. There's a sentence. We reluctantly come to grips with those serious character flaws that made us problem lusters of us in the first place. You know, it's it's not about not acting out. And it's in the paragraph that starts when we finally admitted without reservation further down there. It says, we reluctantly come to grips with those serious character flaws that made problem lusters of us in the first place. Flaws which must be dealt with to prevent a retreat into sexaholism, once again, relapse. And, you know, it's the re- the feelings that I had that made me act out and drink and use the way that I did. And it's these feelings. This is where I want to deal with those feelings, you know, and humbly ask God to remove these shortcomings. Uh, We may still have no very high opinion of humility as a desirable personal virtue, but we do recognize it as a necessary aid to our survival. Further on, it talks about humility as a priceless gift. This newfound peace is a priceless gift. 
and it's in that paragraph that but when we had taken a square look at some of these defects I'm moving forward there but it says where humility had formerly stood for a force feeding on humble pie eating crow uh, it now begins to mean a nourishing ingredient which can give us serenity oh humility can give us serenity this improved perception of humility starts another revolutionary change in our outlook our eyes begin to open to the events values which have come straight out of painful ego puncturing until now our lives have been largely devoted to running from pain and problems we fled from them as from a plague we never wanted to deal with the fact of suffering escape via the magazine, the video, the look was always our solution character building through suffering might be alright for saints but it certainly didn't appeal to us then in essay we looked and listened everywhere we saw failure and misery transformed by humility into priceless assets we heard story after story of how humility had brought strength out of weakness I like that in every case pain had been the admission into a new life that's what I want new life but this admission price had purchased more than we expected it brought a measure of humility which we soon discovered to be a healer of pain we began to feel pain less and desire humility more than ever so all of a sudden humility becomes a priceless gift uh, desirable personal virtue bringer of serenity strength a new life healer of pain damn give me all of that I can stand that's what I want and what does it cost me well it cost me letting go of that self will and try to imagine what God's will is for me and as we go on uh, probably page 76 the paragraph that starts the chief activator of our defects had been self-centered fear primarily fear that we would lose something we already possessed or we'd fail to get something we demanded so this tells me how I interpret that is fear always takes one of two forms Feel we're going to lose something we already got sex property or prestige we're not going to get something we want sex property or prestige you know so the first thing is to recognize fear moral inventory fear and fear and faith cannot exist in the same brain at the same time fear and faith cannot exist in the same brain at the same time so what is the fear and the first thing is is the fear real or imagined an imaginary fear it talks about in the big book is a boogeyman I had to look that one up too a boogeyman is an imaginary creature used to scare children so if I'm scaring the hell out of myself with boogeymen that's a character defect stop it <laughs> it's like, but I'm worried why worry when you can pray you know it's like no I'm not going to do that anymore if I see this is where step three I turn my will my thoughts and my actions over the care of God as I understand them. And if I find myself thinking thoughts that the God of my understanding would not have me be thinking, I need to change my thinking. How do I do that? One of the best ways is to talk to God. Fear and faith cannot exist in the same brain at the same time. 
And last paragraph there in step seven. The seventh step is where we make the change in attitude. Another attitude adjustment. My brain always seems to try and reject attitude transplants. <laughs> seventh step is where we make the change in attitude which permits us with humility as our guide to move out from ourselves toward others and toward God. Now that's really important. Uh, but I'll go on. The whole emphasis of step seven is on humility. It is really saying to us that we now ought to be willing to try humility in seeking the removal of our other shortcomings just as we did when we admitted that we were powerless over lust and came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. It's if that degree of humility can enable us to find the grace by which such a deadly obsession could be banished, then there must be hope of the same result respecting any other problem we could possibly have. Now, I find it interesting to note that preview of coming attractions, or maybe just perspective. Step nine is where we actually go out and have interaction with other people. Um, in steps one through eight, basically we've been dealing with ourselves, except for five where you know we dealt with another human being, preferably our sponsor. But basically, this is an inside job. And when we get here, we know our real purpose. The big book tells us that now our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and our fellows. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and our fellows. Now that we've got all our crap in order, so to speak, we're, it, it is only by the work that we've done one through eight that we're in any kind of fit spiritual condition to go out and have relations with other people on the planet. And we're going to start by restoring the broken relationship. We're going to go out and try and repair the damage that we've caused in the past. Get what I'm saying? I mean, it's like we've done a lot of work to get to the point where in any condition to go out and have the primary fact that we failed to recognize was our inability to form true partnership with another human being. So, all that being said, uh, Memorize the prayer. Three sentences. And it's not hard. Uh, they kind of make sense, taken in order. And after I memorized that prayer, Mike again said, change it. So that it's yours. So that it speaks to you. So I did. And the way that I changed it is, you know, my creator, I'm now ready that you should have all of me. Good and bad. Strengths and weaknesses. And I added strengths and weaknesses from myself. Because my ego, I guess, is such that I, I do have strengths. And it, I've misused those so much in my life. But now I want to use them correctly. And, and you know, maybe I should have brought this up on step one. But step one, I hear a lot of people in meetings say, I'm powerless over people, places, and things. I think, what an idiot. We are the most powerful people that I know. We will threaten, badger, cajole, beg, plead, force, do whatever we need to do to get people to do what we want them to do and to treat us how we want them to treat us. We are not powerless people. We are powerful 
I am powerless over the drug. I am powerless over the drug when I put it in my system. That's what I'm powerless over. I'm powerless over lust. And I have a lot of personal power in other areas. And I want to exert that power in a way that God intended. So to, to make that prayer speak for me, it's my creator, I am now ready that you should have all of me, good and bad, strengths and weaknesses. I'm now ready that you should remove from me every single defective character that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and others. Grant me strength as I go out from here that I may better do that. Strength. Why strength? You're going to need it. Because there's more steps. And, uh, and it's going to take more work, more effort, and more action. And... If a drowning person fights his rescuer, he may die. If he fights long enough and hard enough, he surely will. Maybe what we need to do is to stop struggling and let someone help us out of deep water. Isn't God good? Imagine a good outcome. You know, and again, because this is one of the steps that we have a recognized prayer, you know, when I say this prayer and say it like I mean it, then I have that feeling where I humbly ask Him to remove my shortcomings. Step seven is a reconciliation to God's way of doing business, a suppression of self centeredness. Seek a spiritual inspiration that brings peace and security, unselfish prayer, spiritual courage, and elimination of our character, defective character traits, and acquisition of peace of mind and sobriety. Adam, you got anything, or you want to open it up now? Oh yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Anybody got anything? Any kind of comments they want to make on anything that we've covered so far? Hey, I'll be. Just a question about the comment you just made about uh, when you said, you know, I'm powerless over the drug and I have a lot of personal power in other areas. And uh, I wonder if you could elaborate on that. And how does that relate to the serenity prayer of, you know, necessary accept the things I cannot change? Because I, I use it for myself a lot, you know, I'm powerless over all those three things, you know, people placing in situations. And, uh, doesn't have to get angry about things that happen I can't do anything about. And so I wondered if you could share more about what you just said, that I'm powerless over the drug and not over all the others. I think this is where the spice of life is. I don't, I don't think it's black and white. I think that for me, I want to be a blessing. And I'm not trying to get over on anybody. I'm not trying to get ahead at anybody else's expense. And I've been a people pleaser my whole life. And it has been to my detriment. It is a character defect of mine. And I try not to engage in those behaviors anymore. And there's a point at which I need to stand up and say, that shit don't fly. And uh, that shit don't fly. 
that I ain't going to be I ain't going to be anybody's doormat. I was abused as a child. Uh, my father was an alcoholic, and he didn't like me, and he used to beat the crap out of me. He broke bones in his hand, hit me in the head. I was sexually abused by clergy when I was young, going to parochial school. I ain't anybody's victim, not anymore. And uh, and I need to stand up for me. And uh, you know, some people call it boundaries or one thing or another, but. You know, and this kind of gets into eight and nine, but I've harmed myself with my character defects. You know, I because of my fear, my timidity, my shyness, shyness self-centered fear. Uh, you know, my unwillingness to be confrontational has cost me greatly in my life. And so, like now, you know, I'm going to stand up and go, no, you can take it somewhere else. And, uh, especially find this true in sponsorship activities because there's part of me that you know I don't want to be confrontational you know I don't want to say the things that people don't want to hear I want I want you to like me but you know when I lived my life trying to make everybody like me my life was in the toilet and I know that you're going to find this hard to believe but there's a lot of people that don't like Robert <laughs> and too bad you know, my life is better than it's ever been, and, uh, and I'm not going out of my way to piss off. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that I give them hell. And what I do is I tell them the truth, and they think it's hell. Uh, hey, anybody else got anything on that? Thanks, sir. Hey, Demetrius. I'm not and uh, I, I really struggle with, uh, I really struggle sometimes, uh, you know, distinguishing things that I'm powerless over and things that I'm not powerless over. And I hear people say, you know, I'm powerless over uh, people, places, and things. And, and uh, I heard, uh, I heard an uh, AA speaker talk about that. Basically, being powerless over people, places, and things has nothing to do being powerless over alcohol, or being powerless over lust. I mean, I am powerless for, you know, just an example, if there's a guy sitting next to me and he's doing something that annoys me, you know, or that drives me nuts somehow, you know, I can, I can say, okay, I'm powerless over what he's doing, but I'm really not. I mean, I can go in that. I can go and, you know, say something to him and I can go in and punch him. I mean, I can do a whole lot of things. But no matter what I do, I'm still powerless over alcohol. And I'm still powerless over lust. So uh, for me, the serenity prayer it kind of keeps me sane. It keeps me, it helps me stay sane. It helps me stay sober. But you know, my powerlessness over people, places, and things has nothing to do with my powerlessness over lust or alcohol. I mean, I'm absolutely powerless over lust and alcohol. No matter what happens, no matter what I do, if I choose to use. Screwed, you know, and everything else is everything else, and it's you know it's kind of kind of two separate things for me. It's my take on it. Thank you. Thank you, Dimitri. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I'm a sexual. Hey, Felix. I was over lust, over alcohol, over evil places and things. That's me. You know, I don't know you, but I have to learn that it's a hard way. I can be powerless over a car, for example. 
had a car for me. It's given me a lot of help for the year. Do you want to, I mean, do you want to do anything until the car died? You know, I mean, today I have another one, and I'm so happy because it's giving me no, no problems, you know. The fact is that uh, I didn't want to do anything about that, you know, and I had a lot of problems, you know, with people. People give me help. I want to change them. My life becomes a metaphor. You know, I mess up. You know, I get into a lot of trouble with people. You know? So I can choose not to deal with those people. I can stand up and do it. And uh, well, that's all I have. Thank you. 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 Hello, David. Um, I also, I want to thank my sponsor, I think, um, you should take a place with him, just call in and check in, what kind of other things is going to be part of the school. And that includes us. Um, we also include, uh, I'm glad over, over the last, over my motivation, uh, and over my good tendency over other people, both over my emotions, and over me. It's been important for me to really distinguish what are those people by some things that I don't have. Uh, and then, you know, it's all right in the time when I do have power. And one of those things that made my emotions, you know, uh, it's hard for me to be able to uh, just think my way out of any of that. Uh, I have to take action. Uh, and even then, sometimes, way, I, 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 I have a very bad history of trying to keep the program to, to save control. Um, and if I just find the right uh, combination of program critics that I don't have this room. Um, and uh, in my right now I'm experiencing a lot of fear. Um, but that's the result of playing around with us this week. You know, uh, play around with it, I'm going to do a draw. Um, I'm right now to what I have to do what I'm going to do. And what I can do something about I'm not not to use that as an excuse not to do anything. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Richard, I'm just affirming how important the humility is. I kind of want to believe my God in this step. When I look at, when I saw my character defects, when I look at it with my sponsor in step five, I do that and I get to see it again and again and again the same character defects and I start. Step six to go over and recognize, you know, this and this and this. These are my, you know, things that are just real problems in my life. And uh, I admit this to myself. Uh, what came for me was a way out. You know, I bargained with my wife and I just felt like she was a pain in the ass. And I focused on her problems and uh, we had the same arguments over and over. And I felt like it was, I felt hopeless. In way. And when I, when I gained the humility to see what my part is, I could do something different. I could make a change. I had hope. And I could stop doing the thing, and I could stop obsessing. Stop obsessing and laying it over and over in my mind about what our problems were. Thinking something about mine, I could, I could humbly ask God um, to help change me. Um, and I can make a plan to imagine if I can talk about do something different the next time. And I can call somebody up and ask for help. And as I begin to, the more I look at myself, 
really see my character that step six and become entirely ready when I can get to humility to just pray. Um, you know, it's just a like, just a wall crumble. You know, it's like no, I'm not one of this. I'm not isolated. I'm not hopeless. I'm not in my head or by myself that I'll never escape from. You know, because I came in the program angry with God, hopeless about myself, not knowing because I had no idea how to stay sober. You know, how to uh, solve my marriage problems, problems with other people. You know, that's what it was like. And <clears throat> honesty, humility, you know, to look at who I am. Actually, it wasn't, it was something I was scared of, but it was a door out. And, and you know, it gave me a path and things, um, admitting it to other people, admitting it to myself, and then going out from there and doing step eight and nine, and making amends, they're hoping in heart to become a different person. And there's a huge amount of hope there. So, it's my experience. Thanks for coming. Thank you. I'm going to be a sexaholic. You know, still on this this topic, I had a woman at work a few weeks ago who was uh, asking me questions about about religion, about what I practice. She's an extremely religious person, you know. And she was asking me if I went to church, and I said no, I'm not going right now. Um, and she, oh, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Opportunity. <laughs> yeah, she she quoted, you know, uh, you know, do not forsake the meeting yourselves together. You know, she said, "What are you doing with that?" And uh, <laughs> I guess she, I think she knew that I had a religious background, and um, you know, and, and actually the thought came to me, you know, I go to meetings you know, two to three times a week, and uh, I didn't share with her specifically what it was about, but I said, actually, no, I did meet with people and um, you know talk about God and whatever, I was trying to be as vague as I could. Um, and she just kept going along that line of questioning, you know, well, you do this, you do that. Does your wife go to these meetings with you? And I said, no, you know, she doesn't. She was like, hmm, I'll have to think about that. You know, and she walked away. And I could feel myself by this point, like, what the, you know. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and I was like, I said, okay, and I'm obviously angry, so I have to do something now. You know, I can't just let this go on and on. And, uh, you know, um, I, I just pray. I pray for the strength to say, you know, whatever I need to say without, you know, being belligerent or something. And uh, I've seen something. Uh, somebody I know in the program, whose program I really respect, is well, boy, he sets boundaries with someone, and still, you know, when they're talking, he'll, he'll do this time. They think, hey, hang on, I need to stop you for a second. And uh, that kind of came to my mind. So a few minutes later, she walked back over to me, and she was like, nah, you know, like start again. I said, oh, hold on, time out one second. And I just said it very calmly. I'm not willing to discuss this with you anymore right now. And uh, she was like, oh, okay, fair enough. And then I was like, you know, thank you. And then she started talking about something else. You know, that conversation completely shifted in a different direction. Um, and I was amazed. I've never done anything like that before. You know, usually, usually what I would do is just sit there and continue to stew and steam and stew and, you know, try and answer her questions and try to defend myself and, you know, end up hating her. Um, but that didn't happen. And today we actually can talk about religion. And uh, and I guess the reason I brought that up is because I think the trouble for me is deciding when I need to stand up for myself and when I'm being defensive because somebody is pointing out the truth to me and I need to look at it. Um, 
because after talking with her more and more, I realized, you know, I think I, I would like to go back to church and, and incorporate that back into my life. And I'm grateful for her, actually, for bringing that up. She told me one time, I have my great-grandmother, this is the last thing I'll say, who lives in Nashville, and uh, she said something about, well, don't you go visit her? You know, she's in nursing home all by herself. And, you know, of course, the immediate defensive reaction, you know, you know don't shame me about not visiting my great-grandmother. You know, I didn't say any of that, but that was kind of immediately popped into my head. But, but, you know, through working this program enough and, and having at least enough humility to look at myself, I was able to say, you know, I, that, that might be something I need to think about. And about a week later, I ended up writing my great-grandmother a letter and sending it to her just to see how she was going. I have talked to her over a couple of years. And so I was really grateful that she had, that this lady at work had, had you know, made that suggestion in a, you know, non-suggestive way. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think that is an issue for me. It's, it's when, when do I just need to say, you know, that's enough? And when am I just being defensive because somebody is showing me something I need to look at? And I need to not get angry at them and to say, you know, what, uh, what am I trying to cover over and not, not reveal about myself? Thanks for letting me Thanks. Thanks. You know, that brings to mind, I think it's almost lunchtime here, that in this, you know, I really appreciate you bringing that up because it's an area that's vital to me. And I told you that, you know, amongst all my relapsing and stuff, you know, I was this last time, three years clean and sober, sitting on my bedroom floor with a gun in my mouth. And, uh, I stuffed things, stuffed my feelings my whole life, just buried my emotions. And the problem with burying my emotions is that when I bury them, I bury them alive. And, uh, and I, I stuffed my feelings, stuffed my feelings, stuffed my feelings. I told you I was an angry person. and. Uh, and you got to be really pissed off to put a gun in your own mouth. I mean, there's people that get pissed off and they go kill someone else, but I mean, you got to be really pissed to kill yourself. I mean, and I don't stuff stuff anymore. I ain't going to stuff a gun in my mouth again. I ain't going to stuff my feelings. And step seven is about that. You know, it's like, when I, you know, one of the great things I learned in the rooms, and it's just been vital to my recovery, is say what you mean, mean what you say, don't say it mean. Say what you mean, mean what you say, don't say it mean. I have problems with the last part. <laughs> but it's like, I need to stand up for me, you know, because I'm not, you know, it's like, and it's like, okay, how do I deal with this? How do I say what I mean? That puts me immediately back into the inventory. What do I mean? You know, what do I mean? <laughs> well, no, that's not really what you mean. Yes. <laughs> so you know, it's like, no, I want them to be well. Okay, so what do you say? You know, why can't you be well? No, that's not. <laughs> Remember the last part, <laughs> and uh, and that has been such a blessing to me because it gives me a way to interact and deal and to take care of me. Say say what I mean. Mean what I say, not you know, no deception or manipulation or conning. Say what I mean, mean what I say, don't say it mean. Let's see. Thanks, Carl.
I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.